0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his apostles, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna are not two sparrows sold for a small coin. Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my Heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Did you notice that rather remarkable expression that we had right in the middle of our collect, our opening prayer for today's Mass? it is a unique description applied to the saints that we celebrate across the liturgical year we acknowledge the lord who has given us saint catherine of alexandria as a virgin and an invincible martyr what a remarkable expression that is not simply a martyr but an invincible martyr catherine across the centuries has enjoyed a tremendous degree of popularity among the christian faithful in both the east and the west a popularity that has waned over the last 150 years or so and yet celebrated from a very early time the question is why would this figure be so popular among the faithful and in all truth historically we know very little about her even the older sources for that study the saints are the first to admit the legends are so thick around her we're not sure what's true and what isn't and yet there's something about this particular woman that has fascinated the church across centuries. And it begs the question of why, and the clue to it, the key to it is that statement, an invincible martyr. What we can safely say about Catherine is that she was of noble, if not royal blood. A young woman of very high status, who was also gifted with a very high level of education and apparently was brilliant. She devoted herself to her own studies. She surpassed her teachers apparently and came to the faith, not because mom and dad brought her to church. She came to the faith because the more she studied, the more she became convinced of the truth of the gospel. And so her conversion to the faith was on the one hand moral and spiritual, and yet on the other side also deeply intellectual. And having come to the faith and having professed a vow of virginity that she would dedicate herself to the service of the Lord and the pursuit of studying the truth, a persecution broke out around the occasion of a visit by the emperor himself. And contrary to the example we often grow up with of passive women, Catherine went and knocked on the emperor's door. And so she clearly was of a noble status that she could get away with that. But she took a remarkable initiative to go to the height of authority and yell at him calling him out on his cruelty, calling him out on his lack of fairness, calling him out on his injustice. And imagine the poor emperor sitting there in all of his power and all of his splendor and this young woman, because she was barely 22 or 23 at this point, this young woman standing in front of him with such a remarkable confidence Unafraid of his power, unimpressed by his wealth, not worried about the line of soldiers she walked through to get there. Untroubled by any of that. And the emperor is puzzled by this. So small a girl and yet so strong. So young a woman and yet so confident. So fragile, and yet so unafraid, and puzzled by this, uh, he doesn't change his mind. He desires. She, he decides for himself. She needs to be mine. And so there's a rash proposal. There's, I'll divorce my wife for you. Absolutely remarkable. She's like, no, I'm already spoken for. Um, but. In that context, impressed by her intelligence, the emperor keeps her nearby and he rounds up scholars from all around Alexandria, which is a great center of learning, even more so than Rome at that point. And he brings them in so that they can convince this foolish young woman of the untruth of her position, of the silliness of her position, and apparently 80 or 90% of them were convinced by Catherine and became Christians. It's a remarkable example, and again, historically we're not clear on all the details except that she, by weight of her understanding and her intelligence, won a large number of scholars, philosophers to the faith. And so again, not simply because she prayed so much, not simply because she did great works of charity. That's important. But the intelligence of this young woman at the service of the gospel to enlighten the minds of others. It's a remarkable example of a strong woman and a powerful woman literally walking in the corridors of a men's world Unafraid and successful. At this, the emperor is frustrated. Now he has to put all of his scholars to death because they've come to faith. Catherine is arrested and they don't feed her. They don't give her anything to drink. And physically, she stays just fine. Invincible. Something remarkable about this young woman. Fragile, young, small against so much, and all of the things that are supposed to work, none of them does. There's a remarkable peacefulness about all of the accounts uh, that underlie all the legends about her. It's as shocking as some of the stories can be in terms of the cruelty directed to her There's this remarkable sense of her being untroubled. This sense that her heart is founded on something so secure. She is not worried. She has always been held as a classic example of this gospel reading that we have. It's why it's chosen for her feast day. Don't be afraid if all they can do is hurt your body, Jesus says. Don't you worry about that. That's the way the world works. The world wants to make you physically inconvenienced so that you give in, so that you compromise. The world wants you frightened so that you lay aside what's important. And so note the Lord. The Lord says the world's going to do that. That's what the world does. That's what the mighty do to the weak. But the world can't touch what's most important about you unless you let it. And so there's this great example of this young woman who never lets the world, in its wealth, in its power, in its cruelty, touch what's most important about her. And so while she's in prison, the emperor's wife, who he was ready to divorce for Catherine, arrives and the captain of his guard arrived to visit this prisoner that everybody's been talking about and they become Christians too. It's as if everybody but the emperor who talks to this young woman converts. Um, Again, in prison and yet changing hearts. She doesn't preach on the streets. She doesn't travel to become a famous missionary any place else. She showed up before the emperor in literal fulfillment of what Jesus said. Oh, you're gonna come before kings and princes. Don't you worry. Don't you worry about what you're gonna say because I'll give that to you. And out of her prayer and out of her study, the witness was there. And at this point, the ruler throws up his hands because there's nothing left to do. So he decides he's going to end her life. And he has the soldiers and the engineers build this contraption of giant wheels with spikes on them. And that's what they were going to use. So imagine the scene, they bring this young woman, this young woman out. They place her next to this horrifying machine, which is designed to be frightening to look at, and to inflict tremendous cruelty on the one who was placed within it. They bring her out and she simply stands there at prayer. And the machine falls apart. Literally, it fell apart. The height of Roman engineering. <laughs> and it just fell to pieces. And note what we see. Do not be afraid of the terror of this world. Fearsome as it looks. Mighty as it seems. In the end, it is powerless against what is real. And imagine the gasp. Imagine the gasp of everybody present. And yet, amazingly, even this isn't enough. And so the Emperor gives the order, and Catherine bows her head, and she's executed. But note that it doesn't happen until that moment where grace says, now's the time. The signs have all been given. The witness has been completely given. You, small as you are, are beautiful against the ugliness of this world. You, small as you are, are mightier in your thinking than the schemes of all the rulers and the philosophers of this world. Note how wonderful that is. Because the word martyr does not mean person who dies. The word martyr literally means one who gives witness. We wear the red because we respect and we understand the greatness of that witness with the entirety of one's life, even to the spilling of blood. But note that before the blood is spilled, the witness is given, the living is given. Note how beautiful that is. And we see here this example of a young woman whose scholarship wins hearts, whose intelligence brings others to the faith. We see a, a young woman who even alone before the might of the empire can stand untroubled and unafraid. Small wonder, small wonder that this one has been admired across the centuries by the Christian faithful. In fact, um, it's not an uncommon thing if one visits seminaries constructed before a certain time period, that in the refectories, oftentimes there would be two statues present. One would be St. Thomas Aquinas, the great scholar, and the other would be Catherine of Alexandria, the other great scholar. Patron of philosophers, patron of lawyers, patron of people who make and repair wheels. Um, You know, it's one of those elements of the Christian tradition you've just got to love. Because they tried to torture her with wheels, she became the patron of anybody who works with wheels. And in fact, you'll often see statues of her with a large wheel, sometimes broken, sometimes intact, right by her side. Um, But it's, it's a reference to the fact that The world in its darkness will do whatever it can to intimidate the faithful, to frighten the faithful, and to destroy the faithful. And yet if one remains faithful, unafraid, confident in Christ, the world wins no victory that has any real value. And so it is that she's the one who, when the moment is right, says, okay. And even as she's beheaded, her soul rises to the height of heaven and receives a crown. A crown more valuable than anything the emperor himself ever wore. How absolutely and exquisitely wonderful that is. And note again what a remarkable example this is for all of us. In fact, over the last several weeks, one of the things that, if we've paid close attention to the masses we've celebrated during the week, is the church has presented a number of remarkably strong women to us. And it is important to recognize that. They're not famous for being great missionaries, but they're famous for being decisive in a very particular way. And the interesting thing is, if you pay attention to Catherine's story, how many saints this woman produced. All those philosophers who came to the faith and gave their lives are martyrs for the gospel. The emperor's wife and his captain of the guard who came to the faith because of Catherine are martyrs and wear the martyr's crown in heaven. She didn't preach before thousands. Yet how many can say that so many saints are the direct result of their efforts? It's a remarkably powerful and beautiful example. We saw something similar with Saint Cecilia the other day where her insistence that she will be faithful wins the conversions and the martyrdoms of three others almost immediately. Note the power of that. Note the power of that. Because here we're not talking about what we often think are the great and dramatic signs of Christian witness. And yet look what the Lord gives us. This example of one whose life and whose faithfulness becomes the seed of holiness for so very, very many and then whose example of a mind that wants to study, a mind that is not afraid to consider even the heaviest ideas that the world will put in front of it because it does so in the light of the truth of the gospel. And so no, intellectually, she is invincible. Morally, invincible. She is unafraid she is untroubled, and against the cruelty of the world, she is invincible and victorious. What a remarkable example, what an inspiring example for all of us, and how wonderful it is that we can reflect upon it here, because everything we say about Catherine has its source in the one who will be with us here on this altar. The one that the eye of the world cannot see or recognize and yet who is truly here present among us. And if we say that she is an invincible martyr, it's because Christ is invincible in his victory. And we get to come forward here in this place. We who likely are not so intelligent as Catherine We, who likely are not so courageous or peaceful as she is, and yet we get to come forward strengthened by her prayers, and we get to stretch out our hands to the one who is truly victorious. And we receive that victory and its invincibility as often as we receive the sacrament. The key is that as we receive it, we have to be conscious of the need to live it and to trust it. But what a great thing indeed that is. Amen.